game on Sunday, man. You, I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. I played with Brock and anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there, too. Bug. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little No, nah, my, my uh, camera's broke. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back in to the Bucketeers podcast. It is Throwback Thursday as we're throwing it back just to this weekend to check out Bucks Titans. Recap that. Recap our weekend full of fun. JLo and Tampa Tones here to bring you guys a little bit of a Bucks Titans recap, a little bit of a Bucks Niners preview, Thursday night football preview, whole lot of things on tap. For us here today, it's going to be a fun one to chit chat. We got a victory show to talk about. We got a big battle on our hands upcoming to discuss as well. So we're going to waste no time here as we'll be with you guys for about 35, 36 minutes or so here on the Bucketeers until 445 Eastern time. All says go Titans. They lost. You silly. They already lost. So, um. JLo, I don't know if you got anything to add to that, but the Titans took the L and we ran with it. Oh, yeah, we took out Mayo Boy real quick. I mean, you know, hats off to the defense getting aggressive and shutting down D-Hop and Derrick Henry, especially watching it live, bro. That was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun as we were at that game, and we'll get into that here in a little bit as well. And it was one of those games that... Maybe brings you back a little bit of faith, J-Lo. If you're a Bucks fan today, you're not feeling like you're down in the dumps like we once were, ain't that right? Yeah, it just feels good to get a victory, man. You almost forgot what the feeling is like, you know, losing four straight games. Yeah, losing four straight could have really began to snowball, but we did stop the bleeding a little bit as David joins us on Facebook. Thanks for joining us, David. And I just want to ask you this, J-Lo, in our... 20 to 6 victory. I do felt like the Bucks left a little bit of meat on the bone still, but the defense played a little better, but they even left a little meat on the bone. We barely had any interceptions coming into this game, especially out of our starting four D backs. We only had one interception in the game, so one on the year now from our starting D backs. But, um, you know, we did win 20 to 6. So although it could have been a little more crisp, it was still a nice victory. What stood out to you or who stood out to you from that victory? Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, uh, what stands out from the Week 10 win over Tennessee? The defense, man. Kim on the end zone. Very impressive. I mean, we had the two field goals. Could have been three, but luckily their kicker sucks. F Nick Falk. And... Near loser. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, that guy. But for the most part, the defense got pressure, and they did what they were supposed to do. Put pressure on Mayo Boy, get after the run, shut down Derrick Henry, 
you know, even D-Hop, his little washed-up ass, crying for passing appearances and stuff like that, got held to what? The whole drive, he was crying, crying, crying. It was like, you know, he was the one stiff-arming Jamel Dean looking out of control out there. Bro, he, he just stiff-armed. He pancaked Jamel Dean in the end zone trying to get a penalty. And what did Dean do? He sat up and he flexed. So I'm like, my man. So, you know, Dean earned his paycheck last Sunday. You know, and then the offense got rolling a little bit. Got Rashad White, who I think is performing better and better each game. You know, coming on, getting out in space, doing what he's supposed to do, what we drafted him for. You know, Mike, you know, we <laughs> we all love him, you know, but sometimes you got to make those catches, man. There should have been more points. We took the good with the bad on him Sunday. Those drops, he had two drops that were pivotal, but then he said, hold on, wait a minute, hold my beer. And uh, he caught a huge pass and put the team on his back and carried some defenders with him into the end zone. Sure did. I mean, you know, Mike, he showed up. You know, he made a couple mistakes, but he made up for it, I feel like. Now we just need him to show up in the next few games, you know, especially with this next one coming up. Yeah, so we got a big one coming up. We're going to sink our teeth into that a little bit as well before we dissect last weekend. A little more, and I thought Ray J w- felt a little emptyish last weekend. Um, not as many fans as I would have liked as a Bucks fan, and um, we've been accustomed to that a little bit this year. I went to Bucks Falcons; it kind of felt the same way. I went to this one; it felt the same way. I guess on the opposite end, the good news is not too many away fans overtook our home, and the Glazers might be coming out with a new rule regarding home fans, season ticket holders and all that stuff. But all in all, I thought the crowd actually cheered at appropriate times. And I thought that the stadium did a better job of playing music at appropriate times. Country roads played in the first quarter instead of, you know, while losing in the fourth, still not happy about it, but at least it was a little more appropriate, but uh, wasn't the biggest of crowds or fleetest of foot, J-Lo, that's for sure, but it was a good ambiance. It was a good time in Ray J on Sunday. I thought the crowd that was there, although small, brought the heat with them. No, they brought a lot of energy. Even when we got there, you know, you can hear the fans yelling Tampa Bay, so that was nice. You know, it's nice getting that, that Tampa Bay feeling again, and then even after we left, we yelled Tampa Bay, so, you know, yeah, the stand was not as full. You know, like it would happen the last couple of seasons, but it just felt good seeing more Bucks fans than Titans fans, for one thing. I can imagine what you went through when you went to that Philadelphia game. Yeah, the Philly game was insane with the fans there. It'll be interesting to see how many Bucks fans are in San Fran. I doubt it's many this weekend. You know, that's a, a, a long travel for Bucks fans, and B, Bucks fans don't travel all too well but if we kind of put a bow on this bucks titans game before moving on a little bit to 49ers talk and thursday night football as we have a decent college game and pros game i will say this i thought baker mayfield continued to play well on sunday i thought his receivers didn't help him a little bit chris godwin had a slight illness so um he you know still produced his 55 yards or so in his plethora of catches but he was obviously a little under the weather for Baker being a little hindered in terms of Chris Godwin being under the weather, Mike Evans dropping a few passes. I think he did all right. I think uh, Baker's hanging in there, hanging tough, although a little banged up. I think he's prov- uh, provided dividends for this Bucks team 
so far this year, JLo, and he's keeping us alive in that seventh seed and NFC South playoff picture as we still coming into today, coming into Thursday night football week 11, the Bucks still have a 40% chance at the playoffs. And you'd have to say over the past month or so, we haven't won many games, one to be exact, but Baker Mayfield's been playing a pretty damn good brand of football. Oh, yeah, no, he's been playing his heart out. I mean, you know, he's doing the best he can for what he's got in front of him. You know, the interior O-line is not the best, unfortunately. You know, there was some negatives in the game where Jeffrey Simmons got through and, and got after Baker. Baker found a way to get out of there, run for his life, and get rid of the ball. He made that one error in the you know the first drive, you know mistakes happen, but you know he kept his head up and kept playing his best football he can play. I mean overall, I mean I couldn't ask for what he's done so far. I mean he's, you know, done the best he can, you know, getting the ball to our top receivers, trying to get Caden on involved, no running game. I mean, just imagine Brady came back another year, <laughs> our record probably won't be what it is. I mean. The line is not that good, and that's going to be something we're going to have to work on through the season, and that's off season. But in the meantime, I've been I'll proud be- of the tackles. I think our tackles have been a treat. I well, will say, between worse moving positions and Luke Odecki, I think they've played really good football. No, I agree. No, I think our tackles have been playing. You know, they've been the best on the whole all line. But you know, between the center position, Cody Mott's got a lot to learn. I feel like. He'll get better next year. And then left guard, Stanny's done, I think, a better job than Matt Filer. You know, Matt, I mean, it's been mid to most with Matt Filer. But so far, I say stick with Stanny, keep Filer fresh from the bench in case something happens to one of our other guards or tackle. But for the most part, I mean, Baker, you know, 14 touchdowns and five interceptions. I mean, he's looked quite impressive, in my opinion. I turned the ball over. That's what matters to me. Don't so turn look- the ball over. Go ahead, my bad, No, you're good. I'm just going to say real quick, looking at Baker not turning the ball over, as you're mentioning, helps us stay alive, right? Even when the Bucks don't play their best brand of football, him limiting those turnovers, to your point, really helps the Bucks stay in the thick of things regardless. And you give the defense a rest, you know. Give them some gratitude, you know, let them rest a little bit. Show them, you know, you're in the game as well. That's what happened last year. The defense kept us in the game a lot. And we couldn't produce an offense to keep up. You know, the only time we got blown out this year, really not blown out because we kept up with them, was the Houston game. But every other game, we kept them under 20 points. What's that for Philly? My, my fault, Philly, too. But um, at the end of the day, I feel that like this team's coming together. I feel that Bowles made some adjustments on the scheme this past Sunday. Even though you and I both know there's some – you can make better cooking decisions before halftime. But, you know, I feel Bowles finally opened up a little bit and kind of like followed what the players wanted to do, play them at their best strength. You know, Dean looked phenomenal playing playing man going up against D-Hop. So, you know, props to Todd Bowles for making that adjustment. I'm not saying he's doing the best job, but, but can he get better? Sure. Why not? Still got plenty of football left. Yeah, we could keep getting better, and our man Fabrizio is joining us on Facebook as well. Thanks for joining us, Fabrice, on the Bucketeers podcast on this Throwback Thursday as we were throwing it back to the Titans, but we're also going to shift preview here in a minute to the Niners. But 
I want to keep talking about the playoff picture for a minute here, J-Lo. Um, we really have two paths, and those paths stand as followed, and Baker Mayfield helps or keeps playing good. He's going to get us on track for one of these paths. So the NFC South, which is probably the easier path at this point in time, we're a half game back of the Saints. The Saints have played 10 games. We've played nine games. So the Saints have their bye week this week. I know we're at San Fran, but this would be a big one to win. If the Bucks are able to win this one, we're actually in first place again in the NFC South as we own the tiebreaker with the Saints. So that's really big. Atlanta, they're a half game back of us at four and six right now. So if we lose, we tie to a, we tie with Atlanta, fall to a tie for second place and a full game back of the Saints. That's one way to the playoffs is winning the NFC South, which is very doable as we still have a game with the Saints, a game with the Falcons, two games with Carolina. If you're able to muster all of those four right there, that puts you at eight wins right there. And then you're probably needing to win one more to get that division win. Now, when you're looking at the seven seed, that's when it gets a little trickier. A couple weeks ago, it wasn't as hard before we dropped games against the Falcons and the Texans, etc. But there is still a mini path. So the seventh seed is still the one to look at. Right now, the Vikings occupy that seventh seed. And right now, the Vikings are a game and a half up on us in the seventh seed. But we do own the tiebreaker with them as we beat them head-to-head. So right now, Vikings are six and four. They're at Denver this week. We're four and five, obviously, taking on San Fran. So only a half game back in the division, only a game and a half back at the seventh seed. Looking at the rest of the year, we're fans against the Vikings. It's just plain and simple. Not only are we fans against the NFC South, but we want the Vikings to lose. And they have a pretty hard schedule, J-Lo. The remainder of their teams, they're at Denver this week. Then they have a home matchup with the Bears, but that's a division game, and Justin Fields will be back. Then they're at the Raiders, who have been playing a lot better brand of football of late. They're at the Bengals. We know how they are with Joe Burrow. They're up and down, but they're a tough task. Then they have a home date with the Lions. That's never easy. Home date with the Packers. That's a division rival. That ain't going to be easy. Then they're at the Lions. Say Even just say right now, which still, these are hard games, but just pretend like they win the Bears and Packers game. I don't really see any other wins on that schedule, if I'm being honest. I know Dobbs has been playing good football, but heck, man, they keep getting more banged up by the week. Cam Akers is out now. Alexander Madison might be out this week. Jefferson's still banged up. I think the Bucks not only can contend for the NFC South the remainder of the year, but I wouldn't write them off at that seventh seed yet either, even with the Vikings playing good football. No, you can't. At the end of the day, there's so much football left. Yeah, the Vikings have been playing some good football, winning some big games. But, however, it's not going to last much longer. Sooner or later, one of these teams they play, they're going to figure them out pretty quickly. I mean, hats off to Joshua Dodds. The kid's playing incredible, going from one team to the other, and just finding a way to win football games. But for us, you know, I think the point is you got to win games. you got to win these winnable games. There's only really two games that, that I see us possibly losing, which is this coming week. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but in the Jaguars. But the rest of them are all winning, winnable games. 
There should be no excuse why we can't take care of business with the Panthers, sweeping them. No business for us to lose to the Saints at home when we win to their house. The Packers, it'll be a fun game to watch because we don't know how they're going to be playing. They're not playing great football right now. But um, but we got a good shot to get the division, man. At 9-8, and eight, maybe even 8-9, and nine, depending how the other NFC South teams do. But I really think we got a good shot at getting 9-10 wins depending on how we play against these beatable teams. It just depends. But to end that note, I think we got. I think right now it's looking really sharp for us. So, like I said, we own the tiebreaker with the Vikings. The Commanders got to play, I believe, the Cowboys twice. They haven't played them yet, so you don't even know that. The Cowboys twice. That's another team contending. That's like right behind us with five or six losses, something like that. Um, who else? Who else is in there? Yeah, there ain't no gotta... one much behind us to worry about necessarily. You got the Commanders, but. After that, I mean, the Falcons technically behind us in that race right there. I mean, you have the two-win Cardinals, the three-win Rams, the three-win Bears, the three-win Packers. You know, it, it's really nothing too fluffy in terms of that sense. The Giants are pretty much eliminated already as well. So it's really just us and the Commanders. And the Commanders are going to continue to fade as they cleared house at the deadline. They traded Chase Young. They traded their other uh, pass rusher sweat to the Bears. So I really see it as the Bucks and Vikings playing cat and mouse for that seven seed. And uh, I don't really see another threat there. No, you don't. You know, because like I said, we already took out the Saints. You know, we already did our part beating them. You know, and no matter who that quarterback, the, you know, I think we play them the second to last week of the season. We can play Carr or Winston. I don't care. Bring on Winston down to Ray J. We'll, we'll smack him in the mouth. And then as far as the Falcons go, I mean, to me, I don't see what these ESPN, all these other people are seeing in them being better than us chance-wise to make the playoffs when they can't have a quarterback, you know, correcting their, in their team. You know, they're not even using their number one, their seventh overall pick correctly. You know, they got – Tyler Argia, who I like a lot, and I feel like he's still most of the carries away. So I don't know why they keep hopping them up. And the Saints, I don't know what they see in them. They just lost to the Vikings. But if they got pounded by the Vikings, it's going to be realistic until James had to come in and try to help them with the quarterback is on the of the team for like two and a half weeks. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. And the Saints, you know, they're dealing with their problems. It's not like Carr looked great prior to the injury either so their backfield really isn't looked all too great either Kamara and Jamal Williams Michael Thomas hasn't looked like himself Jimmy Graham hasn't been the reclamation project he thought they would be so when I look at the Saints I'm not too afraid of them between them and the Vikings we prove we could beat both we beat the Vikings when they were a better brand of the Vikings with Kirk Cousins etc so I think our playoff chances are still alive, and what would really help him stay alive would be a win at the 49ers this weekend, 425 Eastern time, J-Lo. I'll get the announcer details and channel network here in a minute, but while I uh, catch that up, while I play cat and mouse with the announcers and the station, are you looking forward to this one or are you dreading this one? Um, I, I know your final word is going to be about Bucks fans sound in a certain type of way, and 
I'm sure a lot of those Bucks fans aren't looking forward to this one and they're dreading it. But right now, I'm looking forward to this one. Coming off a win, San Fran hasn't been playing that great of football of late. I know they just beat the Jaguars, but coming off a bye week, that's expected. Uh, you know, they got Debo back. So they their vibes are high, right? I'm looking forward to this game very much so. What say you? Oh, of course. I was looking forward to Buccaneer football. Like I said, getting a win, motivate the boys. They're hungry. They want to, they want to, you know, get back to winning what they did early in the year. And plus, you know, the Niners, yeah, they're a really good team. And almost everybody's writing us off that we're not going to beat the Niners. But you never know. Anybody can win on a given day. It's been a weird year. I mean, look what the Texans did to the Bengals last week. Went in the house and beat them. Who would have thought? And then the Niners, they lost to the Minnesota Vikings not too long ago. You know, on the road, I mean, it could be anybody's game. If if we go in playing the defense the way we played against the Niners, and plus we're supposed to be getting Carlton Davis back this game, then I think we got a pretty good shot at keeping it close or even maybe winning. I don't see us getting blown out again like last year. And I'm sorry, the game is actually at 4.05, not 4.25. I'm shocked they wouldn't put the Bucks at 4.25 at the Niners. I'm shocked they wouldn't let, you know, the 1 o'clock kickoffs clear out because they could have put Seattle at the Rams at 4.05. But, hey, what can you do? And we will be on Fox with Joe Davis, oh, Moose Johnson, who absolutely hates the Bucks. He's brutal. He That guy, listen to the game on this Sunday and you guys will realize that Moose Johnston hates the Bucks for whatever reason. He's nonstop flocking against him. He's nonstop um, jogging against us and hoping for flags. And it's really a terrible thing. And then we got Pam Oliver. And then we're actually on the radio through Compass Media with Mike Morgan and Brian Baldinger. So uh, I do love Baldy. Baldy is great film breakdowns. He's a great radio guy. I don't mind Pam Oliver and Joe Davis, but having Moose Johnson, oh boy. But one thing's for sure, it'll feel a little bit like a throwback is we're on Fox, right? With these new rules, you never know if you're going to be on CBS or Fox. I'm still a Fox guy at day's end, Jeremy, but I wish this thing was at 425, not 405. And I'll say it now and I'll say it next week and I'll say it forever. I don't get why the NFL just doesn't make every afternoon game at 425. Um, I get it, you know, just in case every game ends early, but what are the chances that all eight to 12 afternoon games end before, you know, like it makes no sense. You usually have at least one game that trails, if not two, barely any finish up by four Oh five. So what the heck, man, make them all four twenty-five and give fans a little bit of a breather, a little bit of a bathroom break in between time slots. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Why a couple are at four oh five, then a couple are at four twenty five. No, I couldn't agree more. Like I said, plus it interrupts, you know, our game at four or five. Like what the games are close one in the one o'clock and then we're like missing it because if the game goes overtime, then we got then we're gonna miss the action with the Bucks and Niners. So I agree, four twenty five I think it's more doable. It gives Football fans, time to go to the bathroom, take a breather after some close games coming up. But, you know, NFL be the NFL. They're going to do things the way they want them to, whether we like them or not. And, you know, they always hate us. You know, we're not we're not loved very much in the NFL on, on schedule, timing, and everything. But I do agree. I think every afternoon game late should be 425. 
not just four or five. Yeah, and, you know, the NFL especially hates us with Tom Brady gone. They gave us a little bit of a three-year bubble of love when we had Brady and Gronk for a couple of seasons. We got four primetime games twice and five primetime games once in that three-year span. But I'm going to be honest with you. My favorite time slot is the 1 o'clock Eastern kickoffs and then the 425. I really hate primetime games. Not a fan of him. I'm glad the San Fran one is not in prime time. And I'll tell you this, the game is impossible. It's going to be a tough one to win. It's going to be a hard one to win, but it's not going to be impossible. And I like the Bucks D-backs against these weapons. They're a little more physical. One guy we're going to have to watch, though, J-Lo, I think, is George Kittle. Um, you know, I think Levante has been pretty good in coverage this year, but Kittle's on another level in terms of physicality and, you know, his appearance out there. I think we could pretty much hold down McCaffrey pretty well. I'm not really afraid of Brock Purdy too much. Debo and Ayuk are weapons or forces, but we faced scary receiver duos before. I'm really, really interested to see what they do against Kittle. I remember last time we played them, Kittle cut us up. He got us up. I'm hoping it's not a bounce back repeat performance for George Kittle. No, I agree. I feel like George Kittle will be a, a one to look out for, especially that Devin can't cover a, a damn tight end, can't cover a damn cold in coverage. But I think, you know, as far as Kittle goes, you know, you get your safety on him, Didalini, Anton Winfield, you keep close eye on him. Levante is a pretty good coverage guy. Uh, Brennan Ayuk, he's an interesting one. I like him a lot. I feel like he's Definitely underrated. The dude is a true number one receiver to me. But with both our corners back and you play, you know, man-to-man, I think we'll be okay. I like Dean on Debo on coverage. Truthfully, you know, with the safety on top to kind of help out. So, I and then don't forget Christian McCaffrey. You know, he's out in the open. You miss a tackle, the man is gone. That's one thing I hope that these boys are prepared for. I will say, even though it's been with the Niners, we've done a really good historic job shutting down uh, Christian McCaffrey to this point. I know it's been with the, you know, Carolina Panthers for the most part, but we have historically done pretty well of shutting down Christian McCaffrey. No, no. I mean, there's been some games where we shut him down. But then there's some games. Yeah, no, you're talking. We got a guest. Special guest. Uh, yeah, Gracie Lynn. Yeah, baby. But, yeah, but Christian McCaffrey, you know, playing against when he's on the Panthers, we had some success against him. But last year he destroyed us. He totally <laughs> – man, that, that man murked us. I remember watching that game. Oh, man. But at the end of the day, but they go in shutting down the run you know, and shutting down those little screen pass plays, which I think we're pretty decent at. And you got to make the tackles. Just make your tackles, take them out of the game, and you'll be fine. You know, like I said, this team is not unbeatable. They are beatable. You just got to scheme, prep your players, and pay the best of your strengths, which I feel is man-to-man and blitzing. Purdy has shown his true colors that he's not, you know, this, you know, wonderful quarterback. He's just a system guy to me. You know, you get you build a system, you get your team right, and I think we'll be just fine for the most part, if you ask me. Yeah, now we're going to go over the injury reports here. 
for a minute as Olive says, little cutie baby. She's a fan of the little one, is aren't we all? But um, a little bit of an injury report talk here. San Fran's injury report isn't too um, loaded. Aaron Banks, guard, uh, has a toe problem. He didn't practice. Robert Beal, hamstring. He was full participant. Daryl Luter, Colton McKivitt, Samuel Womack. You know, not a ton of huge names on the 49ers. So we're not really going to dig into that too much. Maybe tomorrow, if any names get added, as we will be with you guys tomorrow night. Join us tomorrow night at 6 o'clock until 6.45 Eastern. We will be on the air tomorrow. And then join us Sunday for breakfast with the Bucketeers at 9.05 a.m. Eastern. So we will be back with you guys two more times this week still. Tomorrow at 6 o'clock Eastern p.m., that is, Sunday at 9.05 a.m. Eastern. But J-Lo, Carlton Davis, full participant, like you said, we'll probably get him back. Mike Evans, he'll play, that's for sure, um, as he was a full participant today. Then you look at Matt Filer, he'll probably be back. He'll probably be, um, you know, a backup utility lineman for Stinney and for Godecki, just in case something happened to them. Because Godecki's on the injury report, but Greg Allman all but confirmed he'll be playing this Sunday, which is good news. Josh Hayes was a full participant today. Ryan Neal did not participate. Sounding like he's out. Not that that would be a huge loss, but it does sound like Ryan Neal's trending out. Maybe it's all those autographs he charged for at Winghouse got his wrist hurt. And, oh, and then Devin White, limited participant today. So our injury report really doesn't seem too, too bad, and that's from Jenna Lane, ESPN's Jenna Lane, just a couple minutes ago, J-Lo, is Mike. Mike, it's been forever, brother. Where the hell have you been? Thanks for joining us again. Our favorite Canadian's back. But uh, J-Lo, any thoughts on the Bucks injury report? Uh, nothing too crazy to me. What say you? No, not at all. I think they're just pretty much beat up, hurt, you know. Some need a couple. Of, someone needed a rest day yesterday. I mean, the other day, which is fine. I wouldn't stress on it. It's just good to see Carlton Davis fully participating in practice, which means you know he'll be ready, which is good. And then you know, and seeing um, Matt Byler, he could be maybe the swing tackle to kind of help block, build some run games, and stuff like that. So, and then um, who else you said? You said somebody else. You said a few other people. Devin Carlton, White, Luke Odecki, Devin White. And then Mike Evans, like I said, he'll play. You know, he bows through these injuries all the time. He's a real trooper. I mean, the man's going off this year so far. You know, even though he's had some drops, but he has made some clutch plays on the deep ball. I just wish Baker was out throwing the deep ball to Tompkins. Palmer's coming on, but you got to get the ball to your star players, which is Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. You know, you got, you know, that's the one thing I will say about Baker. You know, stop throwing the deep ball to the wrong people. Yep. Mike D has a question. Did Murphy Bunting, Whitehead, Edwards want too much money? I'll tell you what happened with all of those guys. Um, Murphy Bunting, we can't give three cornerbacks money, right? We already gave Carlton Davis a decent contract. We already gave Jamel Dean a decent contract. Sadly, Murphy Bunting was the odd one out. And quite frankly, over the past couple of years, I love Sean Murphy Bunting. Don't get me wrong, but he was third in the pecking order in terms of production. So you do put the other two over him and availability as well. I mean, 
as much as Dean and Davis are hurt a lot. Murphy Bunting was hurt just as much, if not more. So to me, they made a smart one by letting him walk. You get to Jordan Whitehead. That was a little bit of a tougher spot as Andrew Hernandez is joining us on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. But we had a lot of free agents that year. The Bucks wanted to bring as many guys back as they could. If you remember, we had so many free agents. That was the year Godwin was a free agent. That was the year Jensen was a free agent. That was the year that um we technically had to extend Brady, quote unquote. You know, that was the year Antonio Brown. You know, there was so much things going on at that point in time. The year after we won the Super Bowl, sadly, Whitehead just became a liability in terms of being able to retain him. He became the odd man out. And the Mike Edwards coming into this year, again, same thing with this offseason. He was a free agent. We had a very limited cap situation. We were able to do what we do. We brought back Jamel Dean. We went bargain hunting for guys like Ryan Neal, Craig Gaines, etc. We didn't have the three to four million to dish out to a guy like Mike Edwards. And quite frankly, a lot of teams didn't because he didn't get all too much money from the Kansas City Chiefs. So as much as I like Whitehead, Murphy, Bunting, and those two are playing phenomenal this year, Mike Edwards is playing pretty good as well. I think their time kind of ran out with the purpose here in Tampa, J-Lo. I don't think there was enough cooks in the kitchen, enough money in the wallet to bring any of those guys back given the circumstances for each of them. Unfortunately, no. That's why you go drafting. That's why you go and draft replacements or possibly future talent in there to play. You know, Whitehead, that one kind of hurt the most because the Bucs didn't even offer him a contract, give him something. But at the same time, that's just something, you know, that's already set in stone, done. But he's doing, I'm glad he's doing well in New York, making some, you know, making a good chunk of change, you know. And then Mike Edwards, you know, he had his up and downs, you know, on coverage. I felt like he was a ball hawk, which I feel like we're missing in our DB room. Um, Chumathan Bunning, he was injury prone, often on the field. He showed some flashes during the 2020 Super Bowl run we had. But, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to pick and choose your battles. And luckily, we were at least to keep Dean. Who I feel like man-to-man, he's a great corner. He had a great year last year. And I feel like he's starting to come on now playing man-to-man. We'll see how Carlton Davis does. But at the end of the day, you only got so much catch space to work with. And remember, we got to pay players in this offseason. You know, Tristan... You got to pay Anthony Walker Jr., Devin White. I mean, we've already been through this, etc. before. But at the end of the day, you know, Jason Lane had to go through the Dollar Tree this past offseason. And so far, I can't complain. I mean, he's managed to keep some of the top players as best he can. I mean, brought in Baker Mayfield, who's been on the cheap, okay, cheap money, doing his thing and keeping us in games to win. But at the end of the day, you know, God bless those three players. Hopefully they succeed in in the other directions. But at the end of the day, it's a business, and you got to make tough decisions. Thursday night football, who do you got in the world of college? We're going to give you the college game. We got one college game on tonight, one pro game on tonight. Boston College, 6-4 and four in the year, battle of the ACC here. They're actually underdogs here at Pittsburgh. Boston College, two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Pittsburgh's two-and-eight this year, Boston College. Six and four. That game's at seven o'clock Eastern tonight, JLo. Who you got on that one? Although Boston College is bowl eligible, they clinched a bowl game. They're the underdogs here on the road. I mean, I like Boston College. They've had a good season so far. Pittsburgh, I feel, lost a lot of talent. 
during the through the draft from last year's team, defensive wise. But I like Boston College on the road. I think they'll go and get their seventh win. Very underrated team, and they'll be much more scary next year. I think they're going to keep a lot of their players back. So, you know, I say Boston College. Yeah, and I agree with you. I like Boston College in that one as well. Pitt had the one nice win over Louisville. Other than that, this year, not too much. Real quick, Lightning, could they bounce back tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern at Chicago Blackhawks? I'll be at that game. You think the Lightning stand a chance? Yes and no. It depends who shows up. Either you're going to get this experienced team that needs to stop turning that puck over and help their goalie out, then, yeah, I think we got a good shot. But the way they played the last couple of games, getting shut out, can't keep the puck, you know, quit turning over the puck. You know, right now we're off to a rusty start, but I feel like we can definitely get back on track come, you know, later this year. But I think they got a good shot. It's up in the air. That that first round pick from for Chicago, that dude kid's a stud. Good hockey player. Yeah, Bedard, he's been really good this year. So I'm interested to see him tonight. I'll be at the game and Thursday night football, Bengals. I, 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 go on, J Lo. What were you saying? Not saying I think it'll be close. I think it'll definitely be close. You know, it'll be a close game. Hopefully the lightning will get some <laughs> some scoring with the puck, which I think they can. But at the end of the day, you know, we got Vasi coming back soon. So like I said, you'll be in for a real treat. Hopefully they pull out a win. I like your lightning gear. Thank you. Let's hope they could pull out a win. Let's hope the lightning gear brings some luck for the boys. And uh, I'll be wearing my Hedman jersey as we take battle tonight. Before I preview Thursday Night Football, quick, Mike needs some help. He needs a captain's patch. He bought three Brady Road jerseys. Um, If anyone knows where to get captain patch, help Mike out. And then he goes, go Hawks, but hard rules. Go Bolts, baby. But Thursday night football, I got the Ravens winning tonight. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites. They've been playing better football this year than the Bengals have. I think Lamar Jackson's in the thick of the MVP race. I think tonight he helps his stock as well. Give me the Ravens tonight, J-Lo. I like Boston College. I like the Ravens. I like the Lightning. Might not be a bad parlay for you fans out there of gambling. J-Lo? Other than that, brother, we're almost at the end of the road here. And friendly reminder, people, we will be back here tomorrow night on the Bucketeers at 6 o'clock Eastern time. So come join us tomorrow for our full Bucks Niners preview. We'll be going over our score predictions, our player of the game predictions, and so much more. Join us tomorrow at 6 Eastern for those. And then Sunday for our game day special countdown to kick off the way too early pregame show breakfast with the bucketeers hop on in with us have some fun with us we'll be there as well 905 a.m eastern j-lo i know you have some things to talk about in the final word lay it on us brother what say you for the final word of the pod for this throwback thursday of the bucketeers enough with the tanking talk if you're gonna want to tank to me it's illusion mentality you don't, you know, tanking to me. If you're a real, if you're a real team fan, you don't want your team to lose. You want them to win. That's just how I feel, because I've been watching a lot of pods, hearing people talk. You know, saying, you know, hating on topples. You gotta get a new coach. I get it, but at the end of the day, if the man's pulling out wins, I'll take that any day. 
that's one thing we're losing and losing. You know, I get it. But tanking is not the answer, people. We can go at it all day back and forth. At the end of the day, you know, you got the team that can win games. Maybe not the best coach, but, you know, that's un- that's something, you know, for the Glades to decide later on, you know, what they do with both but there's so much football left. But to me, if you want your team to lose, then you're not a real fan of your football team. That's just how I feel. You can, like I said, any people watching or even on X, Twitter, whatever, want to throw some shades at me, go ahead. I don't care. At the end of the day, you're not a real fan if you want your team to lose. Yeah, we only get so much basketball in a year as well, right? So for everybody to hope we lose with such a limited stab at basketball, I just hate to see that, hate to hear it. Or football, I'm sorry. I'm looking at basketball scores right now, part of me. Um, I'm, I'm working on a parlay tonight, Ravens. Lightning, Boston College, and I was throwing a college basketball game in there. But long story short, you don't have that long of a football season, right? You only get 17 games. You only get 18 weeks. You better be rooting for a win all those weeks. I mean, think of it like this as well. You don't know just because you're drafting someone a little bit higher if they're going to be that much better, right? It's a crapshoot. It's a dart throw come the NFL draft. So, J-Lo, I agree with your Final word for sure, brother. My final word is this. Join us tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Eastern, right here on the Bucketeers YouTube or on Bucks Life News Facebook. Or catch the Apple, catch the instant replay on Apple, Google, Spotify, so much more. As Mike says, throw money at Cower, get him. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> he, he wants Bill Cower, but, I mean, you know, he hasn't been around in forever now. That's probably you know, a long-lasting, realistic hope. I mean, I really think Todd Bowles will be back as long as we get to seven wins. I'm starting to uh, feel that belief a little bit more and more. J-Lo, any last thoughts before we bounce, brother? Yeah, like I said, I mean, there's so much football left, you know. I feel like Dave Canales is coming on fine. You know, give it time, you know. We're for your team. Fuck the losing. Let's get the dub, baby. We'll see you tomorrow night, folks. Go Bucks. Yeah, winners win, winners play to win, and we want to win. I'm used to three years of winning football in a row with Tom Brady. I'm not ready to go back into tank mode. Get a damn win this Sunday, damn it. Just like we did against the Titans. Oh, we're going to lose against Will Levis. No, we're not. We're going to beat the Niners. We're going to upset them. And a lot of people always say, that's just a fan and you talking. I got faith in my fellas every damn day of the week. Good luck to the Blackhawks tonight. Go Lightning. Throw some cheddar on the bolts and see if they'll bounce back. J-Lo, it's been a blast, brother. I'll talk to you tomorrow, my man. All right, man. Be safe, man. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bolts as well. Fire the damn cannons, everybody. Bucketeers is out. Fire the damn cannons on behalf of J-Lo. It's Tampa Tone, Stunna, Huncho, and the rest of the guys, Cats and Bucko, couldn't be here tonight. But me and J-Lo bringing you another Bucketeers this time on a throwback Thursday. Be safe, everybody. God bless. See you guys tomorrow night. See you ladies tomorrow night. 6 o'clock Eastern, same place. Adios. Sunday, man. You, I know you're nervous.
bonus for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bucks fans were there, too. The Meat Bucks. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little cleared. But we're joined by Pat Donovan. It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little... No, 